Welcome back to Teachable Moments with April Podcast. I am your host, April. Hello, Miss Mary. Good morning, April. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so Miss Mary, um, I asked Miss Mary uh, beforehand um, when she'd be able to um, uh, co-host with me, and today she picked today, and I feel very honored by that. Um, We have some things that um, I've come up with um, to talk about, and I'm going to start with the first one, which is something that I've been seeing on... um, on YouTube about uh, luxury shipping container apartments, um, not just in Chicago or Illinois, but other states as well. And I've seen some of the the ads, the videos, uh, video ads for these shipping luxury shipping container um, homes. Um, and I've seen something in the local news of a um, some restaurants popping up on the south side of Chicago. What do you think about that, Miss Mary, about shipping container buildings, apartments, things that are not not necessarily temporary, um, but they are permanent or long-term um, shipping containers as homes, restaurants, apartment buildings, living quarters. What do you think of that? Well, when I first... Um, <clears throat> seen about the shipping containers, I was totally floored because I never thought that anyone would come up with an idea of a shipping container. It's in its in its own words, shipping container is for moving products in. It's not for shipping people or people living in it. Okay. Um First, you got to think about who came up with the idea. And when the gentleman said the price of rent is mm-hmm. so high that you could be the proud owner of a shipping container home mm-hmm. uh, for the meal price starting at $300,000. Now, my house is not a cracker box, but it's it's a home. It's not a shipping container. Right. I did not pay $300,000 for my home. Okay. And my other thing is we have different seasons where right. I live. Very different seasons. Right. Uh, are these people going to faint in the wintertime? Are they going to freeze in the winter, in the summer? In the winter, they freeze. In the summertime, they faint. Right. Uh, homes need an insulation, certain insulation. Um, there are some factors there that really concern me. And then they had the audacity to stack these things on top of one another. I'm not feeling these crates as a home for people to live in. I think it's a disaster. Well, you asked with all things, the little bit of that I looked up before we did this um, episode was that they had people that were for them and actually 
Uh, one for local news here is uh, CBS um, News, and they showed a married couple who had, yeah, they had um, one. It looked luxurious, as they said, luxurious there, their living quarters, their home. Um, they did say that in the beginnings um, that it smelled like um, tires, I guess. Maybe that's what the shipping container originally shipping containers carried so that's another thing of what like what miss mary is saying whether the 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 structure that you're going to have the home the apartment the restaurant or whatever it is that that they're building are they new shipping containers or are they uh upcycled refurbished uh you know however you want to say it they were used previously because it's supposed to be sustainable living uh, or some form of it um they said they said it doesn't smell like that anymore, and they joked with the uh, the interviewer, the journalist that was inside their home um, about it. But in the beginning, it did smell like like very strongly of rubber and tires. Now there are other people like one particular woman that I wrote down, and there's many of them. Her name is Belinda Carr. C-A-R-R, two R's on YouTube, and she has a channel. She is actually an engineer an architect I believe and she was talking about the nature I know nothing about shipping containers um obviously um but she was talking about when she was in school and she did her coursework this was something that they would talk about um in principle but then she talked about the cons of the purpose of shipping containers and how they're actually made and how they are not conducive of of, of living in them because of how they are even when you turn it a shipping container it's perfect for its purpose shipping stuff um but once you turn it and she talked about the ends and how it is constructed it made nothing but good sense um that it would not be sustainable it wouldn't be sound you would have to add other things to it and she talked about what miss mary is talking about which is common sense it would be cold in the winter, and it would be hot. I mean, it would hold in such heat yes. in the summer, and how you would have to, it's not really, in her, these are her words, sustainable, because you would have to, and not cost effective, because you'd have to add all this other stuff so that it wouldn't totally collapse, so that you wouldn't totally faint in the summer, and you wouldn't freeze to death. It's going to cost more. It's going to cost way more. And that's why that is reflected in what Miss um, Mary was saying with the asking price for it. It's because it's not, as they said, it's, it's more to it than that. In order for you to actually live inside of it, it's going to cost you more. Because that's what they were also pitching is that it's going to save money. It's going to save money. It's actually, when you look a little bit closer, this is an engineer. And she's actually quite... Well, known. I didn't know her until I started looking at the shipping container situation because I didn't know people, I didn't know that, that that was even on the table. People uh, living in shipping containers, that was an option of how affordable, but it really isn't because people were not meant to live in it. And once you start stacking them in a certain formation, if they're not on top of each other, like how they are on cargo trains and stuff like that, the integrity of the shipping container is it's not 
strong in the middle. She it made all the sense in the world. So if you are if you don't already know like me, um, check her out, Belinda Carr. And there were some other people also in her field, people who are architects and engineers that were talking about the downside of this. Now they did say in another video that Belinda Carr was in, she was being interviewed. Um, was saying that if you're building a structure temporarily, then that's okay. Um, but if it's something for the long term, permanent, you're going to have some issues. Now, Miss Mary brought up something in our neck of the woods here in Chicago is that there is a lot of uh, abandoned, and that's not a secret. And I'm sure I know Chicago is not the only place. Why don't they just, instead of taking those, that money, um, to, with shipping containers, okay, whether they're used or new and put it into those homes or those structures, because what they're saying is that brick and mortar or whatever it's made out of is not sustainable and it's a waste of money and resources, but you're taking that money anyway, to be honest, and putting it into a shipping container. Why not just do it with an existing structure? What do you think? This is what Miss Mary was saying to me the other day. Well, I really, anyone that can think should know that a shipping container is just what it says for shipping. I don't know what it's made of, but it holds odor and so forth. So if it's new, you got the new smell. If it's been used as a prevention, like with the car tires, mm-hmm. it's going to retain what was shipped in it. Right. A home or building or houses, uh, it's, it's something that... Um, it's, it's a foundation. It's what people live in. I do not understand who came up with the idea that a shipping container would be adequate for someone to live to live in. Um, there is so many abandoned buildings in Chicago. It's ridiculous. Uh, how much how many buildings could be built and even supply adequate and decent home for the homeless people at affordable rent or or so they could afford it you know but putting them in a sh- shipping container I think is inhumane myself okay so what you're saying is homeless um because they're in, in all states, from what I can see, and it, it sadly is the truth that there's an increase in um, the homeless um, population. So what you're saying for the homeless, uh, put them in those particular homes, as well as, what were you saying, Ma? Putting them, you put them in the home so they can uh, get them off the street where they'll be warm. Okay. Uh, and inside, out of the uh, element, right. they, they're not in the street. They're chasing them from under the bidocks. They're chasing mm-hmm. them off the street. They, mm-hmm. they, these are human beings. Uh, you take good care of dogs and cats and stuff. Mm-hmm. What about caring about the homeless? I wouldn't even think about putting a homeless person in a container. Would you consider it, let's say, 
like what I said before with the with Belinda Carr and it's another gentleman I saw in another video on YouTube something that is temporary until taking them off the street a transition a gradual transition so they're on the streets and then put them in these structures temporarily this will be like a transition not to stay transition until you rehab or do whatever restoration to actual structures buildings brick and mortar whatever they're made out of transition to get them off the street and then into these do you think that that would be plausible miss mary i think that would be plausible if they follow through with that right but i feel in a perfect world that would be ideal okay but knowing our system if they get them off the street and put them into the container right and charge them uh the government uh arm and a leg for the for the structure of these containers they might just leave them there what about the influx of immigrants that are coming from um was it Texas? What yeah. were they coming from? I know Texas. they're originally Added. coming from, uh, there's been an influx we've been seeing on the news and been hearing about it. It's been covered here uh, from Venezuela. There's a heavy um, element of people that are immigrants or migrating from uh, Venezuela. What about, what do you think about that? The same thing would apply? Of course. But then I can't understand, but I'm not a political person. Uh, I think the political system sucks. I think, like, they uh, make all kind of promises. You don't even know what the persons uh, really believe in. They just tell you a bunch of lies, what they heard, so they can get a vote. Mm -hmm. But with uh, the influx of all the people that came in, Mm -hmm. uh, and especially those, where are you planning on putting these people? Yeah, they showed some kind of press conference and it had it was connected to the Salvation Army, but as to where I guess whatever structures or places, facilities that underneath the umbrella of the Salvation Army, I'd have to look into that. But I did see a press conference uh, or something like that with a spokesman for uh, the Salvation Army. It was a gentleman from the Salvation Army. I just would like to mention there is a considerable shortage of housing for even for our area and for the black and brown community. We started out in our area that was mostly, I would say, 1% Irish here and there, and the rest was uh, Afro-American people living in the area. But over the recent years, Um, our neighborhood is no longer Afro-American anymore. It's basically Hispanic people. And I have nothing against them because they come in and they work very hard at um, fixing up the houses. They they really, really look good. And I'm a person that likes to work on my property as well. And I feel like gladness in my heart when I see them working on theirs. Uh, but before um, a person can move to Florida, I would say, from retiring, a lot of us decide to go back uh, to Mississippi or in the South after we retire. Before you can get out of the house good, the Hispanic person has gotten this house 
and our neighborhood, I would say, is almost 80% Hispanic. So we are having a shortage of housing people when you're letting these abandoned buildings just rot down and people have to have some place to stay. Here's a thought, Miss Mary. I, it just kind of came to me, and it might have came to everybody else before this. I actually thought about it as I kept seeing more, and I became a little bit obsessed with looking this up because I wasn't aware of it. I was like, shipping containers is kind of like, it makes you kind of... Why don't they take the monies that they are, or whatever the resources that's connected to right. the shipping containers... Okay, I know this is in a perfect world where people are using what is common sense that is uncommon, unfortunately, and take those resources and monies and give it to the people, existing people, the existing homeowners, landlords. Of course, there would be some kind of checks and balance where they would have to show right. what those monies were actually being used for. Yeah. For. Because of the approaching, what they keep saying is the approaching recession or inflation and all the other words that rhyme with that, we are already there. So money, everything's expensive. Why can't all these resources and monies be put back so people can stay and keep their homes so they don't end up on the street and there's no shade to the homeless because there's every homeless person individual has their own story of how they got there. It's never, it's never just uh, black and white. I understand that. So that you're actually helping people so they don't lose where they're actually living. Because it's costing from the experts, I'm not the experts, it's costing more for these shipping containers. Use what you already got and build upon it. If you are actually wanting to help people like you say you want to help them. Because the people are losing well, that is set their up homes that way. and their apartments. Of course, it's set up that way. Um... I decided to retire some years ago, and uh, I still owed a loan mm-hmm. uh, okay. on my uh, on my house, and I still do owe a, a amount on it. And my mortgage company did not uh, react in any way. They continued the same, just as long as my payment came. Um, but Bank of America, the one that I got the loan from, they decided that they were going to just give me all kind of excuse to hell about this money when I kept telling them, you will get your money and so forth. And I had to finally tell them that my daughter was still working. She will also be helping me to pay you back. Okay. That's all aside. We got that squared away. But after I had to call this, uh, the Attorney Jones office and ask for some help with getting these people to understand what I'm saying, you can't, because I retired, dump me out of my house because I owe you a loan. So that's us being put aside. I have gotten it paid down, thank praise be to God, and April helping me um, down to a reasonable, manageable amount, which I'm deciding whether I'm going to just pay them all so I can sleep at night or oh, I'll keep, uh, whatever, or keep paying them um, 
until I pay them out. I haven't decided yet. And I asked for a simple thing. They started giving me, since I paid it down, they keep giving me the business like, I want to take your house even now, okay, with these few thousand you owe me. And they refuse to send me an August bill. And I keep calling and they kept lying to me that, oh, okay, we sent it. Oh, we're going to send you another one. And then when I finally contacted the Attorney General's office about some issues I was having with them, and that included, they sent me a bill ahead of time for September. And I never, you never got never August. got an August. What is about August bill that you don't want me to see? What is in that bill that you done messed up for me? Well, I don't know if this is okay with Miss Mary, but Miss Mary um, noticed something from her creditors or whatever that there's a pattern that mm-hmm. they that they follow and I don't know if it's in general but I would think it'd be in general but it, it would be also individualistic of the individual in the, the consumer I'm just gonna say right. the consumer in this case Ms. Mary okay and you guys let us know if just think about this if you haven't already uh, thought about it it hasn't already come to you there's certain times of the year <clears throat> that maybe, so far as your income and your circumstances may, they may fluctuate. This may not hold true for some people. It may not fluctuate throughout the but for some of us, it does. And the creditors have honed into that, okay? Because there's the, we live in the technology, they did it before, I'm sure, but due to technology, this is my thinking. It may be illogical, it might not make sense. You know, and they watch the statistics, analytics, whatever the name is for it. And that's the, in this case, August is one of them. Miss Mary said another month in which she noticed November, November in which they do this. So keep in mind. So we're in our case, it's August and November. They've already, their analytics and their, their whole team of people have noticed an influx. So then that's when they zero in and and that's when she started to see a change in their behavior and how they do business in regards to us. I always send in not a double amount. I send in a triple amount. Uh, The attorney attorney general's office had them to give me a modification for mine. So I send them in the amount they tell me, and then I tr- uh, triple or quadruple the additional amount to make sure I get it paid off. Uh, but I think they noticed a pattern with me during August. Okay. August is a month where being an educator, April is off work right. for a certain amount of time. That's when my car insurance is due, and I do it in um, six-month increments. I don't Mm -hmm. do it every month. Uh, And that's when my homeowner's insurance is due, and that's when my taxes are due. So my payments for each of my creditors would be lower because I want to make sure I have enough money um, to cover these three large areas. And I think they hone in on that some kind of way and saying, okay, we got her now. 
she is not going to have enough money to pay for September or the rest of the year. Maybe we can get her and get her thrown out. Or I don't know what the idea. Or we can uh, put our credit cards into collection. I don't know what it is. But August and November is my my month where they're going to give me the business no matter what. A prayer to rely on God today. Lord, we ask today for more of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, it can be easy for us to become consumed with fears that surround us in life, but we know that just as your eye is indeed on the sparrow, so also do you care for and see us. Teach us today to become more reliant on you. Bring us into a greater discernment of how you operate so that we may come into a deeper understanding that all we see with natural eyes is not all that is. Today, we ask for eyes to see your hand in all matters and hearts open to your work. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening to Teachable Moments with April. If you did enjoy this episode, I invite you to come right back to check out my podcast and my other episodes. Don't forget to listen, add us to your favorites, and support by clicking on the link in the description. As always, be blessed and be well. Until next time.